You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where, of course, we talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes in the West, Indianapolis Community News. And joining me on the other line, former Indy Cornrows writer extraordinaire and Colts fan who watched his Colts destroy my Vikings today, Adam Friedman. Adam, how's it going? You know, on, on that news, it was a better day than last week, for sure. <laughs> for you, well, I watched mean, six Nobody cares about your feelings. I understand. Nobody cares about your feelings, Tony. Only <laughs> I don't give a mind. <laughs> Today's a fun show. We haven't talked to trades hardly at all this this soft this off season this summer, and we're finally digging into well, the future trade. Oh, well, we have, but like not like directly. We have like hinted at it. I feel like yeah, I'm, right. I we'll like get, vaguely talk about it. Our plan is to is to get more specific on off season maneuvering in October. We're kind of being general this month on purpose to not you know really shoot ourselves in the foot content wise. But today is all about trades, and we are doing something fun. We are ranking the Pacers from least likely to most likely to be traded. This offseason, which I think is really fun, and we have very differing lists, so we get to debate them because we've only seen the lists, not the whys. So we're going to go from least likely to most likely to build up suspense, but also because you know the, the, the fun stuff's at the end. The heated debates need to happen. So the following people cannot be traded. We're excluding them from this discussion before we even get going. That is Brian Bowen on a two-way. Nazmi Trulong, same thing, on a two-way. They're both free agents, can't be traded. Justin Holiday entering free agency cannot be traded. He can be signed and traded, but that is super, 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 super 0.0000001% chance of happening. Jakar Sampson and Alize Johnson both entering free agency also cannot be traded. So that is the list of all the guys who cannot be traded. So we are going to do this. There's 12 other guys on the roster this year. Um, we're going to start. We're going to do four each segment. So starting from the bottom player on our list. Adam, I'm going to let you go first. Who is your least likely Pacer to be traded this summer? The man they invested $85 million in last year, they traded, <laughs> I mean, a first-round pick and a second-round pick, and the guy who they think somebody they clearly want to be kind of the franchise, at least going forward, the face of it in some way, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, he is uh, – my gosh, I'm trying to update our Google Doc, and I'm having – Yeah, you're screwing up my picks, Tony. I'm I know, my, my I know. Rankings. He God. is a second lowest for me for similar reasons to you. Yeah, they just invested big money in him. I think that makes it super unlikely. He was good in the playoffs. I mean, he, he had a stinker of a game in there, but he was good in the playoffs. He's clearly a leader for this team off the court, uh, in the community too, right? It's like, I think with players, when they're spending some of their salary back into the community of the team they're on, that really helps too, right? Well-liked, uh, and again, a good player who, the thing with Brogdon too, basketball wise is even if he doesn't end up being a point guard forever on this team, he can fit at two or three if he needs exactly. to. So his versatility, his skill set, his off court abilities and his leader I, it, all together. I just think you're right that he is one of the guys that seems su- supremely unlikely to. I mean, and, and the, what four is the situation years- where he gets traded, a team just like blows you away with an offer from right. That's yeah. And the, the four years you get him for, he's all in his prime. Right? I think he's 27, 28, 29, 30 in his four right. years. Or maybe I'm all, you know, maybe I'm a year off. He's even younger than that. But if he, yeah. if he wasn't injury prone, I mean, he'd be more expensive, but if he wasn't injury prone, he'd, he'd be my number one lowest because you're missing a little bit of value there. Right. You maybe could, could say, okay, if we can really get the upgrade or really get pulled over by an offer, we can get away with it. Because- yeah, and I don't know if there's like the right salary like fit for a team just like like blown away. I mean, you have to put him in a trade for something else almost in a way to get better because like 
He's not expensive enough for you right. to like get rid of him to shed salary to save money. Like even if this team went into like a full tank mode, they would still probably keep him in some way because he's not very expensive and he helps sell tickets. Right. That's true. I wouldn't call it tank mode, but the the Patriot version of tank, which is being the 10 to 15th worst team in the league. <laughs> right. That's their version of tanking, at least. My lowest is uh TJ Warren. Now I get why he would not be the lowest, right? Only two more years on his deal and only makes 10 million, so his salary can fit into bigger trades. Technically, if there's some huge like Pacers go for superstar offer, maybe I should move him up a slot here. But I think we saw in the bubble that this guy's got potential to be the best player on the team, showed capable defensive chops. They might actually have him in the right position next year if something we'll forecast later on this list uh, comes to fruition. So if that does happen, I think he'll become supremely valuable. Again, potentially the best player on this team. And I don't think they're going to trade a a guy who could, you know, has – like if he can – he can't be the bubble worn forever. But if he can be a 25-point game score at his level of defense, that's an all-star, and I don't think they're going to trade that guy. Yeah, I mean, number – he's the second least likely trade target – or trade uh, player on my list because – I mean, the only way you trade him is you think, can you sell high on him? That's – I mean, he makes $11 million, but – He's kind of the guy you, if you're going to compete, you need, right? A guy who definitely plays at times like a 20 plus million dollar player, but a guy who can accept the role of like an $11 million player at times. Yep. And uh, he just sort of perfect, right? And and he's, I mean, you could maybe could extend him for, because he might want some more guaranteed money for a good rate. And, you know, if even if he made 15 to 18, he'd they can probably add his value at minimum. So, I mean, he's kind of like the perfect salary piece for this team because you need, you do need guys who are just like, make not a ton of money and are just can are good. I mean, he's at times the best offensive player can be, but also can be their fourth best offensive player when they don't need to go to him all the time. Right. Uh, we both have the same next guy. So I will talk first, but you can feel free to interject anytime. We both have as our third least likely to get traded player as Goga Batadze. And I think that's an interesting one because this is where the, the, the heat is on finally, where there is a scenario where that guy gets moved, right? Gogo's a first round pick last year. A lot of teams had him in the late lotto range. And he wasn't like, I mean, he had some, definitely had some rough moments this year, but definitely showed some years old. I mean, that's every yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a 19 moment. Unless you're LeBron, you're 19, it's going to be rough. Right. So definitely, you know, uh, showed some improvements in the bubble, though. Again, teams are high on his potential. European uh, takes, takes that time to adapt to the NBA. So the reason I have him so low is because we'll get to, we'll get to these guys later in their exact positions of list and stuff. But, you know, if one of the other bigs does get moved, he will become extremely valuable as, in terms of his spot in the rotation. I think he's really skilled, and I don't think they would give up on a pick they just had last year outside of that big trade. And I also don't see them swinging for a huge trade this summer, so like going for a star. So I don't, I don't envision Goga being shipped in anything. And I think there's other guys they would use as their young guy before him. Yeah, I mean, what value does Goga ultimately have? Could you get a first round pick for him today? Probably not. Yes. I mean, that's no. Yes, first, absolutely. How how high a first round pick? We're talking twenty fives, twenty to twenty five. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You remember first round picks? The minute I get taken, have diminishing value, like Im- immediately. Yes. I mean, teams might a team in the late twenties might be like, well, it's. I mean, the twenty. What are the odds of twenty ninth pick becomes a good? Well, player? actually, let me rephrase that. Twenty twenty one draft is really good, and twenty twenty two draft might be the combo draft. Right. So, so maybe in this draft, because this draft this is garbage. Draft, right. And it's a lot. It's a lot of bad players. Maybe in this draft, but um, but I just mean in general, right? You get him at eighteen. You get him for you know. You're, so you're already selling low on him. You take like the twenty third overall pick for him. So I mean, and there's really no reason to like do that, right? You don't really know what unless you've seen him and really think to mean nothing. I'm not sure how right. you would know that he's nineteen years old. He he's adjusting to being in America for probably the first time. 
at least for a full year. I mean, you just got to give him a little bit of time. I mean, we don't, you don't know the European players, what happens. I mean, he could be Jokic for all we know. So like, let him develop. So <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's high. That's, that's a, not saying he will be, but he could be for all we know. And the last he, thing with him that there. I want to bring up is something that we're probably going to talk about a bunch in the upcoming segment. And honestly, in a second is his salary is low to the point that he can't be your something you always talk about, which is the big salary in a, in a big move, right? He only makes 2 million. So Throwing him in has minimal value in terms of upping what you're actually getting in return from that salary, right? And they have and other. Go ahead. And often, if you're within two million dollars, you don't necessarily need, right? Isn't there like some? You don't throw in a, a recent first at that point. Yeah, and then usually you could. Well, let's, well, you don't. You don't get like the exact mark. You have to be close, right? There's like a right. certain range you get to be plus or minus in. So like, I don't, yeah, it would have to be like. There have to be some other players that don't want to make the salary. And I, I'd almost rather go about future first than go up Gogo just because you, unless you really don't think he's going to be any good, he's in the building already. You you know what he could be. Right. A future first might be good for all you know, but also could be, you know, a, a TJ Leaf. So I did the explanation last time. So I'll let you do it this time. But we both have the same guy fourth to last as well. Uh, it's Sumner for the same reason as Gogo, right? I mean, he doesn't make a ton of money. What, 2.1, 2.2 million a year? Am I? Right about that. Uh, yeah, I forget exactly what he's at, but yeah, it's about two points. Wasn't it like three for six? Am I yeah, wrong? three for six and a half, yeah. Right, so 2.2.2 range. Um, again, not a ton of money, not a ton of value. I mean, I think you could probably get a second round pick for him, which is you got him at like the 50th overall pick, I think, or 50, yep. somewhere in the late 50s. So like, you could sell, you would be uh, selling high on him, but second round picks have really no value. If a second round pick turned, like, turned out to be Edmund Sumner, that's the player you want for a second round pick. I was going to so say, would, at that point, you're you, hoping you get Edmund Sumner with the Yeah, player. so like, why, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, a, it's like a, circular, a circular motion you're basically right. doing there. Um, and he's turned enough flashes where, like, could he be your ninth guy off the bench? I I think he could be. I mean, I think he's got to right. stay healthy for 65 to 70 games to really do that. And he hasn't shown that yet, but like, there's enough there where, like, I could be convinced that he could be the you know, the number two guard off the bench next to Aaron Holiday if there's another guard they wanted to move. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, at least. Like, obviously, I have a huge affinity for Sumner. Those who listen to the show know that. But I don't I don't know that he's good enough. I mean, he is good. But I don't know that he's good enough that other teams are like, we have to go get Edmund Sumner, right? So, no. like, his market's not a thing. And his value's not super high. And his salary's not big enough to be, like, lumped into a trade. So, there's just, like, like what is the scenario where he has moved? I just, I don't see it. I don't know it. I don't know why they would sell on his potential for and, any weird reason. So, and the reason he's there instead of another one of the Pacers point guards um, that's this low or guard at least is because he I think has some playoff utility where the other guard that is on the Pacers back bench, you know, the TJ McConnell's the one was kind of exposed that he couldn't play in the playoffs. Where like yeah. Sumner, I think Sumner proved better in the playoffs. Right, than he could play. I, yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, he by the time he got in, it was kind of too late. But like. Yeah. If he's like the the backup guard, like the like the fifth or sixth guard in the playoff game, and even for the foul trouble, like I'm not like you know shitting my pants essentially. I'm I thinking like he can hold his own for a little bit. <laughs> right, I agree with you there. So I, I I think those four guys and the some of the guys we'll do in the next segment, which finally some variation coming up very shortly. Um, I don't think any of these guys get moved unless something insane happens. And none of, and the last thing with these four is there's no no way any of them are going to demand a trade, right? So they're I would have put it at almost locks that all four of those guys are on the roster next year. I mean, Code Warren because he wants more wants money. I don't know. I think they give <laughs> if he wants money. Things. He can't get any more anywhere else than here. So. I know. I think he'd take an extension if he wanted it because they yeah. probably offered to him. They probably want offered to him because he's so. what, 25, 26 too. I mean, it's yep. the, the right age where you get him in his prime some more. It's worth it. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. So before we get to our next four, 
we got to take a break and talk about the terrific people over at Rock Auto because they are helping you save money while maintaining your car so that you can use that money for other important things in your life, like food, your mortgage, anything like that. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even possibly 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you can get it for less at rockauto.com? They are a family business who've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can shop for Audi, auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you could possibly need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals to do it yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, finally. A divergence in our list here. Our, our fifth most unlikely to be traded player is different. And Adam's fifth most least likely is my sixth least likely, so it's not that much different. But this segment will get juicy near the end. So Adam, yeah, we don't do you go first like, or do yeah. you to go first? Uh, you go first. My fifth least likely traded player to get traded this summer is TJ McConnell. And I'm going to explain why. Because I don't know if you considered this, Adam. The way the trade rules work in the NBA means that only your guaranteed salary counts in a trade until the moment you're traded. So until TJ McConnell's contract is guaranteed for next year, he only counts 1 million in trades, which is nothing. That's less than a minimum. It's impossible to aggregate him into a deal. And once his deal is fully guaranteed, he's an expiring contract. And I don't know why they would move him anyway. So because it's harder to trade him before the draft and then after the draft, they'll kind of know their game plan a little bit. I don't think there's a way he gets moved. So, right, it becomes fully guaranteed after the end of the season, right? When the yes. league year ends, right? Right, two um, days before, yep. I mean, how, most of the time now, so even like a draft day trade, oftentimes don't we see those delayed and, and staggered to make them fit into the exact order to make cap work before? Like we've, that happens all the time, Only right? if, Yeah, but why would he, what, what pick would be traded for TJ McConnell? Also, why I don't know if they're going to make a draft day trade. They're going to make a free agency no. trade probably. In the- no, but that timing means it's harder to trade him for part of the offseason, which I think is a factor with me putting him lower. I don't know. You can make a trade on, on – I'm going to use the June. No, let's, let's, say, let's say free agency is November 30th, right? That's where it maybe seems uh, uh, Yeah. Maybe a little later, whatever. You can make a trade November 28th and just not make the make it final to the right. uh, first of December. Course. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's like that big of an impediment. You know what I mean? I no, think it's but, something. I think it's something. But like, if they want, to, if they need to make it work. They'll make it it's work. Definitely not a big impediment. I agree with you there. Right. So um, the reason he would be moved is this is this is too big of a word. The word that's always used with positional duplicity is logjam. There's not a logjam, right? The Pacers, because the guys at the back end of the Pacers guard rotation, they're above replacement level, but they're not like world beaters. We just saw them basically all get exposed in the playoffs, right? So it's not like TJ McConnell, Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, Jeremy Lamb is a log jam. But they do have a lot of guards that are vying for minutes. So that's maybe the reason you'd move on is like get an asset, free up minutes. But I don't see why they would do that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll save my like complete take on him when I when he comes up. Yeah, he's much well, not higher much. on my list. He is um, higher on your list, though. But your fifth to last guy, who's my sixth to last guy, so let's knock it out back-to-back. Go. Uh, Doug McDermott. And that's simply because his – He's makes seven point three, right? That's I'm pretty surprised you have him this low. I'm. I think I might move him up a spot. Well, you can talking. do that. You can do he's that. Staying in the same tier, so he's still in this segment. So the reason I have him so low is because 
he's probably I mean, I know he's stuck in the playoffs, and I, I think that's some of the coaching more what? than anything. <laughs> Tony they should have figured out how to put him into his list. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching him struggle really, really hard right now. I <laughs> love hearing about that. Um well, so he makes 7.3, and I don't definitely based on his regression stats, he's underpaid. I mean, he probably would get 10 million open market currently. I mean, he's yeah, he just um, threes this year. He's the kind of player that like every team wants as their seventh, eighth guy. So like are you trading him for another guy like him? Who are you getting in replacement for him, right? So then, then the question is, like, is he going to be part of some big trade? But isn't there a better way to put Sowers? And would I rather have McDermott than maybe a future first? I, I might for if you're trying to make a run the next year or two because McDermott is kind of the guy you might want as your ninth guy in a rotation because he, you know, regular season at least, is a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, and you put him in the right situation, he could become kind of your um, – you know, Duncan Robinson S player in a playoff series. And we've seen how valuable that, that kind of guy is uh, at times. And he's, he's worse than Robinson. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's probably a bad comparison, but a guy who can shoot maybe five threes in a situation to make four of them in a big playoff moment is huge. So I, I don't know why he you put in a trade unless it's like you have to trade him to get, like a team says, if we don't get McDermott, we're not moving him. And I don't know why that would be the case to be honest for a team that's rebuilding, at least if they make a move for, you know, a big name star, right? They want picks over McDermott anyways. Yeah. the th- So that's for me, I moved him up just now because of two things. One, uh, maybe David Locke is dumb and David Locke is a silly man who has done some dumb things. Dumb things we like David Locke. Sure. He's the owner. Of the but we love David Locke, of course. We were just he, making fun of this trade. <laughs> he offered us a first round pick for him in the fake locked on mock draft last year. Now that might be too high, but that team's value shooting to that degree in the NBA these years, right? Like Darius Miller, who knows Darius Miller left me the show. He's a Pelican small forward. He got seven and a half million dollars last summer because he can literally shoot. And that's it. That's what, that's just, the going rate for that kind of player. Teams really value it. If you're McDermott and you also have a tiny bit of off-the-bounce drive game and you can shoot, right, more complete offensive player. I know his defense is awful, but teams really want that. So maybe he has some value in the form of a team wants him for that. Also, the reason I moved him up while we were talking is he's an expiring contract next year. And I know that this is traded in the offseason, but just because he's an expiring, I think if they do swing for the big move, he would be super likely to be in it just because of that. So uh, that's why I moved him up because he's expiring. Adam's moving his cursor around. No, no. I'm just, so on my list, he's the eighth most likely to be traded. On yours right now, he is sixth. Sixth. Yeah, we're, they're close enough. Yeah. yeah and so He was well, seventh that, until I remembered he's expiring. Yeah, and so the seventh we have now is the same player. It is. Uh, and that's Aaron Holiday. And I think actually the reason I have – Holiday above McDermott is because I don't know if I've seen enough to make me say Aaron Holiday deserves an extension. I believe he's still so. He, what he's, is this? His, is next year his fourth year or is it third year? Third, third year, right? He's got two more years left, so he's got plenty of time. Can I get up. the extension until the following summer? Yeah, so there's still plenty right. of time, and so there's you know they really can go two full because they have it. They have his, his R, RFA too, so like it's not like he's going over. Right. They don't want him to go anywhere. Um, so it's really two more years before they really make a real decision on him. So, but um, I don't. I mean, I don't think he has like a ton of value outside the league Aaron Holiday does. Um, but I do think he might have a little more than McDermott because of his age, frankly. And he shot yeah. when he and he showed some flashes, right? He showed some flashes, but I don't think as a pacer, imagine you're like those flashes might just be kind of short lived and you really know what he's like, but another team might be tantalized by that. And um he's a cheap salary and so he kind of fits in if you're trying to make like a seven million dollars work between a couple players, he gets you there, right? You throw him and leave you get eight, I think. Yeah, he, he's just he's just too inconsistent to like be in the the tier below this that we just talked about, right? Like it's it seems obscure in my head when I'm thinking about the Pacers that Goga and Edmund Sumner are less likely to be traded than Aaron Holiday. But 
Holiday has more value in a deal than those guys, while not being like it's hard to it's hard to explain what I what I mean here. He has more value in a deal while not offering so much more to the team. Uh, but at the same, it, it 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 just it just seems like he could be like, oh, this guy's kind of proven he can be good. Former first round pick with pencil. He's already twenty five, right? So it's not like you're you're giving up the youth pipeline here if he's moved. So I put him up here because I think there's a lot of things he could still be in. Uh, but I, I don't think he'll be moved. Uh, and then this is, he's also a part of the log gym. I don't know. I'm kind of stumbling over my words right now, but, um, I, th- I just, I feel like it's unlikely that he's moved, but more likely than those young guys, just because of his inconsistencies and he's a little older. Uh, so I don't know how much other teams would value him, but if he really, you know, next year is the make or break year, because if he's about the same level guy next year, I think he'll be in the top tier next year. But if he's a little bit better or more consistent, even but about like if he's the same level of guy but more consistent, then he moves down a tier because you're guaranteed a rotation player there. So I think he just smack in the middle is fair. If he gets moved, I'll probably understand the deal. I mean, there's there's scarcely a trade they'd include in Holiday, and I'd go, why is he in that? But uh, I don't think it will happen. Yeah, to be honest, my seven through twelve on this list are likely to be traded are probably that's where I would say are. I would say like have a 90% just not to be traded this offseason, right? If I go 90 to 100, right? 90 to 100 up. Like I think the next six we're going to talk about. I also have seven. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next six, I'm like, yeah, they, I, I could see them being traded. And I put it probably maybe 50, 50, a little less, but whatever. But like not that high. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that high, but like if they got traded. In my traded, top not, five, I have kind of high, but yeah. Yeah. If they get traded, I'm like, I understand why they got traded. Holiday, I would be a little hesitant. Like, have you seen enough to trade him for nothing or put him in a package for a bigger guy? Like, are we sure he's not going to become a pretty good point guard? Because he has shown some flashes, right? He has shown some developing skills, right? I mean, he he is not the worst defender. I remember when we got drafted, Tony had a meltdown about him not being a defender, I think. Uh, I did. Right. He's no, been a, I had I mean, a meltdown. He's not been a great you, defender. Don't get no, me wrong. No, but he's let, been let, 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 me, let me go on the record and correct you here, Adam. I had a meltdown that people were telling me he's a good defender because he was on the all Pac-12 defense. Okay. Game. Fair. Fair. I don't think he's a great defender, but I think he's he's adequate. That is not a valid reason to say someone is a good defender. He's adequate. And I and I don't I wouldn't be surprised if one of these years he's also I mean he made his what is he what is he from three this year? Uh, like thirty nine point six right? or something. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like if, if he does that for a few years in a row and kind of increases the volume, and that's that's a you know, rotation player in most situations. Right. I mean, so yeah, he finished year at ninety at thirty nine point nine point four on three point three attempts. That's about six attempts at thirty nine point four. I mean, we're talking about a guy averaging thirteen points a game and definitely kind of becoming his brother almost that way. In a sense. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's a, there's a chance he's, he and he showed some flashes of being a better passer. He doubled his assists this year. So I mean, there's a chance he could eventually be the team's you know backup point guard or like go to that point. Or I guess he's kind of is a backup point guard right now, but like go to backup point guard or even a starting guard in the in the three guard lineup someday. But now we have reached the juicy part of this. Yeah, so we uh, we're both on our bottom right? sixes, and my bottom seventh guy is McDermott. So, Adam, who is your sixth most likely now, or seventh least likely? So we'll, we'll just call him most likely now. Who's your sixth most yeah. likely guy to be traded? I put Patrilla Deep on this right there. That is shocking to me. So, every guy I have in front of Oladipo, I think we packaged, well, I can package in a trade. Now, I, we'll get to the top. I'll make a caveat for my number two. Um, but I think he is the sixth most likely. Cause I, I just, unless he demands a trade and he's going to go out there and say it, I just don't know how likely you are to move him um, because you can offer him the most money. And if he's really good next year and he thinks he's got one more big contract, I'm not sure he's going to turn down, let's say five for 180 
if you can, you know what I mean? Like if he comes out next year and averages 27 points a game and it's a victim, you can even offer him five or 180. He's going to turn that down for four for, let's say, 125 when with his injury history and all that stuff that he's going to leave $55 million on the table. Because I know most guys just say, oh, they make it back their fifth year. But Vic, by the time he's at that fifth year, might be, what, 32, 33? Who the hell knows where he'll be at? So I don't, I don't know. I think they have that incumbency advantage and they built a team around him that's actually going to post compliment him really well. Like they, you know, You've got Brogdon who fit well with him. You got Warren fit well with him. Like they, you know, if they figure out the log jam at center, they should really the team we built for his success. So I, I don't know why you don't at least try it for at least half the year. So if we were doing like trade deadline for whatever the trade deadline is next year, I would say Vic is much higher. But I think you you got to try it unless he says to, says tomorrow I want out. Basically, I have Oladipo much higher than you. I know I much higher than you, which makes it hard for me to butt in right now and and combat your points. That's fine. That's I fine. We can in the last segment. Move but, to your uh, fifth most likely. Because. Yes, uh, a lot of what you just said about Depot is true, but I have uh, I, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Yes, my fifth most likely player is Domantas Sabonis, and the centers are hard. And we talked. I talked about with Goga how he's also low because the players in front of him are more likely to be traded. That is Sabonis and Turner. It's no secret why they're both high on the list. Now, to me, Sabonis is only high because they're going to have to choose between the centers. And I get, I, I don't think they should trade Sabonis and Keith Turner. But Tony, Twitter says they should. <laughs> I understand. I know your disdain for Sabonis hate on Twitter is very high, and I understand. It's super high because I, I just think people Doesn't are like, not arguments don't, don't always make sense to me. A no. lot of them are, are like, I, I get it, but someone's like, what are you talking about? Um, I just, I don't, I don't get why you, I, I guess I could get it, but I, there's scarcely a situation where I wouldn't pick Sabonis, but I have him high because they're going to, I think they're likely to trade one of the centers and say they hire a coach who's like, well, I think Turner fits my system better than Sabonis would be out the door. So I've got him up high. I think he could return a decent value to get good fitting players around Turner and co. But I mean, he's, he's much better to me. So I moved him into this tier because I don't think he's likely to be traded. And I think he's, again, he, he was the best player on the team last year, most recent all-star, maybe the face of the franchise right now, given that Depot, I mean, Depot's the face, but yeah, Depot was pretty terrible all last year. Like, Simonis is a fan favorite. I don't know why they would, they would move him. Well, I'll say my Simonis for when I have him. My fifth one, we've already talked to him for a second, TJ McConnell. And he really, he's there because I think he'll probably is likely to be put in a package for somebody else. That's possible. Right. I think I mean, it's sour. Jim, he's the he's yeah. the easiest guard of the of the well, yeah, he's the yeah. easiest guard of the group to just be like, if all you right. Take fine. his three and a half and his and then the four, I think, of TJ Leaf, and you add it with one of the centers, you get to like a 25, 26 range where then you can get like a Drew Holiday. Yeah, basically anybody. Yeah. Yeah, without having to give Jeremy Lamb. Because I, I I think Lamb is give upable, but I think also there's a um there's like I thought you might want to keep him because he might be a really good six man. Like you haven't seen him yet. And I do think there's some value because we saw this in the place where you could have like a really good, just like one-on-one six man, I guess. Right. So that's my only thought. Sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't see him being moved just outside of aggregating salaries basically. So I have him lower, but yes, I understand that. I get it. Uh, okay. So we have the big four and we, we have three of the same four. Adam hasn't mentioned one guy of mine and I haven't mentioned one guy of his which will be fun, and we have similar ranks for the other guys. So we're going to talk about that, but first, it wouldn't be locked on pace with me and Adam without me telling you guys to try Built Bar because it is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they've now improved their flavors to be even more delicious or 
They are a chocolate, 100% chocolate covered protein bar that are soft and easy to chew. They have 18 amazing flavors, some nut and some nom nut. All the flavors, the texture matches the flavor of the bar, which I think makes it delicious. They added six new ones that I haven't tried, like caramel brownie and carrot cake and apple almond crisp. Crisp, but they have some old flavors that I love, like mint brownie and peanut butter brownie. They're really great for the health conscious guy. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're just delicious. You have to try them. And if you go to builtbar.com right now with the code locked on at checkout, all one word, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's use that code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Easy segue, Adam Friedman, your fourth most likely player to be traded this offseason is. Uh, your third most likely, that's TJ Leaf. We actually are three Leaf. and four are the same, so maybe we should just kind of knock them out. Three and four right are the same. Uh, we'll just talk Leaf and then we'll do the other guy. Okay. So, so TJ Leaf, uh, TJ Leaf is going to be traded if they make a trade, as long as it makes sense for style <laughs> wise. He makes, yes. they don't need him on the roster. They might even get rid of him for the roster spot at some point. He is not an NBA player, frankly. He, he, they might just wave and stretch him. Like, that's not unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they will exhaust every. on the roster next year are so low. So, like, the reason to keep him is because he's got $4.5 million salary over the tax. You need to make a move, right? That's the, that's the right. reason to keep him. The only reason is that you want to go after somebody who makes five or six, whatever. You can use him and somebody else to get that guy. Only reason to trade him. And that, that's not a bad reason, right? I mean, you see the situation. We talked about it last week with the Bucks, right? When you're over the cap, you need salaries to make trades for guys, right? If you, that's why the Brogdon thing is so deadly for the Bucks because they lose a great player. And they lose the ability to spend $21 million more million they needed to in the future because they can't just spend it because they're so far over the tax. So, like, Leaf makes sense in that sense. But, I mean, if they make a trade with us with one of the centers, he's probably going to be in it because they're probably going to trade for somebody better and he's going to be spending $20-plus million a year. That's my yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of reasons, right? He won't be in the rotation for sure. I mean, like, there's just no way. He has not shown any thing that makes you think he'll be an NBA player. He should be, he'll be playing in Europe by next year. Yeah, there's a, there's a million wet reasons they would rather play, like even Sumner, they'd rather just move guys up a position and play Sumner than play him. And Sumner's already probably out of the rotation. They can they try to squeeze Gogo with other centers before they play him. Like they're not gonna try to get him in the rotation. They tried the beginning of this year, it didn't work. That was the end of the line for him. So he's not gonna be in the rotation. He makes four million dollars, a little more than that, or he will. Which is a somewhat sweet spot for aggregation, like we've talked about a lot. He's young-ish. He's a former first. You can maybe say – I mean, you can't, right? Other teams know basketball. They're not idiots. But you can kind of sell that a little bit to your fan base in a trade. He's expiring. It's not the end of the world if you have to pay him for a year. Like, it's it's e- it's very easy to find reasons to trade him so uh, – or for, for him to be included in a deal. And, again, they could just wave and stretch him, which isn't a trade but would have him off the roster. So maybe – I think you should move him up, but yeah, I have him third. I actually have him above the next guy we're going to talk about. So there's so just, there, there's just no reason to have him on the roster, and I think there's a lot of reasons he could be traded, even if it's just a salary dump. They give up two seconds just to not have him on the roster next year. It makes a lot of sense. So I should interject here, Tony, because I know you're not watching the Nuggets Lakers game. Which by uh, this Anthony time, Davis just hit a buzzer beating winner. I yeah, saw it. You were seen on Twitter. Uh, it's been a great game, by the way. You're missing out by not watching it. Uh, anyways, everybody who's in the podcast already knows that happened because it's coming out the next morning. But uh, <laughs> that's going on in the background. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about TJ Leaf. Um, our next guy who's fourth on your list and third on mine is Jeremy Lamb. That's because salary, simply, right? Yeah, yeah. He makes 10 mil, which I know we talked and about McDermott at and seven. And a half. What? 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Right. He makes, he makes a lot, which is very easy to lob into a trade. Um, 
log jam stuff exists. He's coming off an injury, so maybe you don't want to, you know, risk what he could not bring to the table, although it's not a big deal. But uh, he'll be back by the start of next season, it sounds like. So that adds value for him in a trade, right? I worried about that um, yeah. prior shows. But, yeah, just because he makes $10.5 right? So if you do do the superstar deal or you want to clear some salary and open up a rotation spot for Sumner or something, right, you just say, Okay, Lamb, you're you're going for this five million dollar player from a team who needs to creation or something like that. So there are, there are definitely reasons. To yeah, I don't I, think he will be moved. Right, this is four and three from. I have Lamb four, and I don't think he'll be moved. And I have Leave three, and I think he could be moved. That's my line of like demarcation of unlikely to plausible. My only thing is, how do you get to thirty million dollars without throwing in Leaf in a deal? I mean, not that you need to get there. Well, wow. Lamb Lam Turner or Lamb Sabonis is at 28, and that plus the 125% that you get for trades gets you well over 30. So Yeah, but that's what I mean. How do you, so how do you get to that number without putting Lamb in a deal is all I mean. Right, right, right. That's right. You could put – I think you could do Leaf McConnell gets you to 25, and that times one point, if it gets maybe to Drew Holiday's number, but I'm not sure you could say to somebody else's number. Right. That's, what I, that's the only thing I'd say. It's very hard to find a trade unless you're throwing in Aaron Holiday or throwing in Sumner and then throwing in McDermott. Somebody like those kind of – to get to the number you need without Lamb. And Lamb is the one player, if you, if you can re-sign um, Justin Holiday, clearly is kind of expendable because they were pretty good without him in a sense. The bench was really good without him. So, I mean, that, that's the problem. But, like – I do think there's really value you can not get rid of him to keep him because I do think if he's comes back at a even 90%, 85% of what he was, he's going to be a really good six guy off the bench because they needed that in the playoffs. Really. They, didn't, they didn't have the – I mean, uh, it was a, a ton of injuries hurt that, like not just Lamb. It was Sabonis as well kind of hamstrung them, but they could use another guy who could kind of lead the bench besides just like a Sabonis. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I Yeah, I, I like Lamb where I have him here, and I, I get why he could be moved. I thought actually – if I, if I didn't think he'd be back next year, I might have actually moved him above Leaf because then they would really like to get off his money for something they could use. I mean, they're they're going to be gunning for something next year uh, with this core. So that's why I have him here. Uh, he's definitely in the top four for sure. I mean, there's a reason we both have him here. But now that I'm yeah. talking about it, I actually think it's less likely than when I put him. But I still would move him below any of the guys I have him. I just he's in a good spot for me. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is with the Pacers going forward, and this is just an existential thought: is do you want? to be the team that has like a big three or do you want to be the team that maybe has two good guys, but is like eight or nine deep. Right. Like we're seeing almost from um, the heat, for example, right. They're probably eight or nine deep. Now that, that they got a couple, you know, Jake Crowder and Iquodala pretty late and that kind of helped extend their depth. But like there might be more value in having, you know, eight or nine really good players than be having two or three top points. But then watching the Lakers right now who have literally no bench, but they're winning because they've Anthony Davis and LeBron. So who the hell knows? Yep. I agree with all that. All right. Let's get spicy Adam. Let's do it. All right. Uh, you already talked about my number two, so that's why I'm going first, okay? Well, okay. I talked about your number two. Your, we, this is our biggest difference player, which is why I want yeah. to be. You have Oladipo sixth? Sixth? I have him yeah. second. Yep. Second. Uh, and here's where we defer in our analysis of a depot trade. I agree with you that they will not and should not trade him unless he says, hey, I'm not going to resign with your team, or like, hey, I want to not be here anymore. Yeah, duh, they're not going to do it. He kind of wasn't that good last year. And that, I agree with you. I'm with you. That is why I have him second because it's more palatable to do it when, like, like if he was killer in his 19 games or in the playoffs, you're like, damn, he was great. Like, no, you're going to hold on to him and claw to keep him for forever and ever. But, like, if you get the whisper, I don't think they'd be that reluctant to deal him at this point. Now, I think they should do everything. Beyond what I'm saying right now, I think they should do everything in their power to keep him because he's the best potential 
of any star level player the Pacers can get ever just because of their market and everything like that. They should beg him to sign an extension and, and pray that Miami trades for Joel Embiid or Bradley Barrow, something to clog up their cap sheet that means they can't sign Depot. But I think the chance he, he either not admits, but you know, it gets out that he doesn't want to resign or that he maybe indicates that he's not going to, or they, they go, okay, maybe we don't even want to keep him around. Like, I don't think any of the things will happen, but I think they all three added up to some, plus the crisis of him being an expiring. I just think there's a decent chance Oladipo gets moved. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. Except You're right, though. They did build this roster. Like, like, part of the appeal of Brogdon was he fits really well with Depot. So I, I agree with you that maybe I should move him down below and Lamb, I would still have him top tier. You but. you underestimate how valuable a screen setter is for Oladipo's going to the rim game. You're right. I mean, we cannot underestimate how much Thad Young, because I remember it, Thad Young and him ran the pick and roll or Thad, or Sabonis hit him when the smoke came off the bench. I mean, it was constantly doing that. And and so, like, not having that, like, superb pick and roll player really hurt him because he – I think he's passing to beat guys one-on-one and it can get there maybe, but it's so much easier when you have that body and the switch, the lat, you know, that hesitation of a switch real fast that you can beat the guy to the rim. And that hurt him. I think he, to me, which is really sad – that uh, Boston game in March 12th or 13th before the pandemic basically shut down everything for, for life for the past six months. Like, he had gotten back to a level there. I, that last 10 minutes of that Boston game, he was like at a level, I'm like, oh, I recognize that player for a few minutes. And then I think he had, you know, this up this offseason that, like, are we playing? Are we not playing? And then he comes back, and the guy he needs to be with him when he's there who really helps kind of keep his game in in check because he can run all his little like cheap little 12 foot floater picking you know hand like the the dribble handoff things like that things that just kind of like get him the easy bucket right he just didn't have and then he's throwing his lineup with like four guard or th- three guards who he's really never played with uh, another guy in Warren he's never played with Turner he's played with a little bit but they don't really come each other that well I mean they're an okay style but they're not like good players with each other so like to me you just kind of got to look at the 19 games and say did he look a little healthier he did he needs a better dribble obviously he lost handle a little bit he's not quite as fast but like He's 80% there, I thought, at least yeah. athletically. 85 athletically. And will he get the last 15%? He might. He works his ass off. He's proven that, right? He completely changed his body from three years ago to become, like, a top 15 player, an All-NBA player. So, like I said, without him specifically saying, I want out, I'm just not sure you can risk trading him because if you get rid of him, I'm not sure where your path is to become competitive in the next two to three years in terms of championship level, right? Maybe you can be the same team you've been in the past four years, but you can't really be a team that has any shot at going anywhere. Yeah. Unless unless the move is him and Turner for Chris Paul, then you can start talking about that's a short window, and that's a window where you say, making the move, and if it doesn't work, we're blowing it up, kind of like the Raptors kind of did with Kawhi, which they didn't need to anyways because they've got a great roster and coach. But that's the, to me, that's where it's a little deeper, and that's why I had him lower, plus the – the five guys ahead of him, I think, are more likely to be traded. I think one, two of them will be traded for sure. Now, not all five. Two of them. Two of the yeah, five. Yeah, okay. Of them will be I, I'm going to say right now, I should have Depot below TJ Leaf, I think. Uh, I, I think at I least. Think that's two a mistake by me, but I don't know if I'd put him below anyone else. Like, I would put it at 80% that at least two of the five guys ahead of him get traded that are on, wow. on my list. And so, wow. I, I kind of le- Look, I only have one guy ahead of him. We're, we're going to get there in a second, but yeah, that's kind of crazy to me. But so let's do your guy that I have at five and you have at two, and then we'll get so to the number one. I have Sabonis at two simply because one of Turner or Sabonis will be traded this offseason, and if it's not, then that is a, a travesty for this. Will. One of the will two will be. be. There it one is. One of the two will be. Wow. How could they not be? 
I know. I think. It, I think. Like, tell it, me at what what world they say we want to <laughs> we want to go a different direction and build this kind of new offense that then they keep both players, right? In what world they do that? I mean, if if McMillan's their coach, I'd say of course they're bringing the same guys back and rolling it back, but they clearly want to make a change to go in a direction. And like, you can't do that with having two centers. You just can't, unfortunately. Look, I'll say this. I'll say this. Every indication is that they're better with one, and the writing is on the wall that they're going to move one. And I think it's extremely likely still that one of them gets moved. But Yeah, that's why Sabonis is two, because one of the two will be moved. That's this why is less one of a two. dispute on Sabonis being moved and more of a dispute on the will-be part of your sentence. Don't worry. Would you, you, we've been talking about this thing for like a year now. Do you not? Do I'm you, addressing the crowd. No, no, no. I think they should. Don't worry. I know, but do you think it won't happen, I guess? I mean, that's fair if you don't. And I'm just not. Uh, no, I'm just not at, at will be because, okay, so KP said, ugh, okay, yes, KP is talking to the media. He's going to phrase it the way he's phrasing it for a reason. I understand that. I really do. I get it. They both still want to play together and make it work. And they both are good and locked up for a long time. Now, I understand that they're probably better without both, and I think they should move one. But I don't know that unless the coach they hire is like, I can't do this, that they're going to like actively seek. I can't, I can't explain why I just get this itch that they're going to go, well, we didn't have both in the playoffs and they might try to keep both. Now I still think they should. And it's likely that they trade one, but I just, I cannot get to will yet because I can, I can hear the argument for why they wouldn't. So I'm not going to get to will yet. Sure. I can hear the argument, but like, I just don't, but the writing's been on the wall for a long time. As I just soon think, as they drafted Goga, we started this clock, and it and it ended as soon as they got swept. I, I, yeah. I get it. To to me, it was an experiment that you have enough evidence from the playoffs to what two years ago in the playoffs. Now it's been actually almost the Celtics. Ago. They got smacked by trying it. They yeah. got smacked, and they were okay this year, but they weren't good enough to justify what Didn't you saw both, in the playoffs yeah. when they went small. Right. Even with a center who you who I think is the worst of the two, they were just so much better. Right when they played small, they were better. I know the Heat blew them off the court, but they blew them off the court for because they have a, for a host of other reasons that it was not them playing small. And I think you can make a very good case if you flip Sabonis and Turner. Sabonis helps them win at least two games in that series. I mean, I, I can see it. I can see, and they're not going to. The Heat are clearly a really good team. The team might win the championship because Jimmy Butler and a bunch of players like might just be their year. Like it could be the 2011 year, 04 year, like when Pistons and Mavs won. Like it just could be that year, but. We saw it. Like, both of us saw it and said, wow, when they play really small, they're actually really good because it opens the game for TJ Warren. It opens up the game for really uh, Old Depot and Brogdon in a way. They just need somebody that can kind of help kind of facilitate an offense with a little more pick and, you know, a little more strength, I guess would be the right way to put it, a little more screen and roll and whatnot. And I'm not sure the defense, like, drops off enough between turns, bonus where it's like, Makes up for the offensive difference, at least. Right. Oh, I agree with you that it's more likely to be Turner. And, okay, okay, let's just do this. We both have Turner number one. Yes. On our lists. And I think anyone, even national media, who, who are not as in tune with the Pacers as us, would have Turner number one. So, yeah, he probably is a better fit on other teams. He still has high value. He's worse than Sabonis. He's a worse fit with most of the Pacers players, if not all, than Sabonis. So, unless, like, D'Antoni's like, dude, I can make this dude a stud, I'm pretty sure you just trade Sabonis or trade Turner if you're going to trade one of them. So that's why we have him one. But, yeah, it's just it's, – I like that they did the experiment. We, I get why they would and would not have, but I think the time is now to do it. I see reasons why they might not, though, so that's why I'm not going so to. Go, but. Here's the reason I think Turner should want to be traded. In, in the wow. 
too. You are all about the, the I love this. Because he he could flourish somewhere else where the he expectations could. are not where they are here, where he doesn't have the the former GM of the team saying he could be the best player in the league when he can't be. He's a very good player still. And he and he deserves an opportunity to go somewhere where the expectations are not sky high and he's supposed to be the third or fourth best player and stretch the team out and play good D and like put next to like some some really good superstars, right? I mean, he has a chance, I think, if he was on like a LeBron team or even maybe a future Pelican team where like he could be really good in a playoff moment and be really good. But like in the the Pacers, they just they really have they've took him to a certain level, but I think it's sort of kind of it. And they, they can't quite get him over the hump and maybe another team can. Cause I mean I do think he's a good player. Like I think his his it just the problem is when you're kind of relying on him a ton, it it sort of falters and he's just not this just doesn't fit with the players they have where I think he fits better with some other teams where right. he could be more successful as all. Well. I think See, and I think he should want to be moved. I mean he's been you know, talked about as being this next great player when he's just not going to be the greatest player ever. He's not probably going to ever be an all-star, but he's going to be a really good player. He'll be, a, you know, competing for an all-NBA defensive team year after year. And just, he just needs to go some place with expectations. Kind of I, will, that. I, I will say if he gets traded, the first thing I might write about is how expectations doomed his time here. Because, yeah, yeah, Bird... Larry Bird screwed him. Larry Bird, Bird screwed him. Yeah, frankly. Bird, not... Yeah, like, to... To no fault of Miles Turner, who got better, yeah. literally still to this year, has gotten better every year in the NBA. Although this year it's it's less evident because he got the ball like half as often as But he's been a wild success. Eleventh overall pick Absolutely. turning into an, to a near all-star. I mean, that's Absolutely. I mean, I mean the only thing that's worse is that Booker went twelve, so that kind of Larry sucks, pops him up so high that and after the PG trade, the thought was that he would be the best the now the the this is sort of the that Depot and Savonis weren't shit yet, to be fair. But, like, the expectations set by him – and, look, I'm a media person. You can point a finger at me. But, like, we're way too high. Way too high. He still got better. He's still really good. They're way too high. I think now that that phase of his career is gone and, and people around the league kind of know what he can do, right? Flashes of good skill with the ball. Great shooter. Great defender. Like, a team that really knows what they need if they need Miles Turner – would love to have him, and he could fit a team like that so well. They could use him the way he's supposed to be used. I think he's most likely. And I, I don't know that, that he should want to, but I think him wanting to would make a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely the most likely. Like, he should be in a tier by himself, honestly. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. I mean, the expectations weren't, like, out of left field completely, right? This guy started at center power forward with the Pacers his rookie year. He started 60 games. He played in the playoffs in a series where they went seven. And he was decent. I mean, he wasn't, you know, great, but he was a 19-year-old kid playing in a playoff game. At You know, there was something to that. And then what happened was is that all of a sudden turned into this guy's going to be the next great superstar. And it was like, hold your horses, let him develop. He still has, is, has kind of a raw offensive game. And he's gotten much better. And he's certainly improved his defense and done everything they asked. The problem is they just, he doesn't quite fit the, current roster and that's just the problem you know what i mean actually if it was it was the pg roster he makes perfect sense because right when you've got kind of two dominating if you got another guy next to pg at the time when you have two dominating players you don't need turner to do this and you don't need a guy like he doesn't need a pick to score he just can just score well not in the playoff this year but you know what i mean uh, right. normally he can just score right so that that's that's the only thing is just, he's just not he doesn't fit the current team has no fault to his own and he has some value in I think any team that wants to convince themselves that he could be a really good player from them, and he makes about what he should make. So it just makes a lot of sense. Yep. That's all I got. I agree. I, he's my number one for sure as well. Uh, I think the gap from him to number two is super high. Like, 
Like, if he's over 50% chance to be traded, the next guy, I have Depot there, but I'm switching him to below Leaf. I know. I'm just saying one of the two centers will be traded. That's why they're one and two months. I've had Leaf between 20 and 30, Depot between at like 10, Lamb at like 5 to 10, and everybody else below 5 or 2. Yeah. I have Sponis much lower than you. But. Well, well, yes. well I, that's because I think – we both agree Sabonis should be the center, but like I'm yes. just thinking they're going to trade one of the two, so I would put him. So I put him two. And the old Depot one, like I said, is just down there because I, you know, I made this, this podcast last week where like the case for tanking. I, I I don't see a scenario where the Pacers make let's say a conference finals without Old Depot becoming a really good player, or you turn him somehow into a really good player, like with the yep. trade. I'm not sure he has that value to go like, you know, what I mean, like like there was that thing. Why well, could you even trade him for Tyler Hero right now? I'm not sure you could because Tyler Hero looks like a could be a superstar somehow. Dude's, uh, dude's a killer. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't – and I, I do think there was enough signs that he could be back next year to a player that's 95% of who he was, and that's still a really talented player. This is a fun exercise because I thought I knew what I was going to do before we started, and then I didn't. I changed it up a lot. And then while we were talking, I changed it again. So Yeah, I, uh, I threw a curveball at you when I switched up my whole thing before the show started. You did. We had lists, and then Adam completely switched it. But I switched it mid-show, so I kind of also cheated. It's fine. It's good. I'm going to the list up. For but time. right now, yeah, I would like to officially move Depot down from two to three. But okay. that was fun. Our bi- so our big deferring uh, opinions are on two of the three most important players on the team. Great. Yeah. All right. You wanna- so what else do we have coming up this week? Yes, this week. Okay, so we're going to start, not this week, but we're going to start player reviews in October. Uh, coming next month, next week, October is here, which is crazy. But this is our last week of like... Happy fall, everyone. Yeah, no kidding. General off-season prep before we get to season player reviews. So we're going to talk about, I'm going to rank young players and talk about the potential of guys this week. Uh, Adam's going to talk more about how the heat sweeping the Pacers impacts the team where they are now. And then we'll do it together. We'll do a show either Wednesday or Thursday. That will be like a news dump of a bunch of stuff that, that has come up. You know, there's um, Brogdon did his radio a thon uh, in support of indie schools and other things. So uh, there was some comments from like Don McDermott and him, and I forget a player on that, but uh, there's a lot of comments we can do through there plus some other news. So yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Be, be good week. It will be cool and fun, and then next week we'll next week our weekly show is going to be starting looking at free agency from other players who could join the Pacers. So we, that'll be fun. We should say if they hire a coach, that could change the schedule. Yeah, yeah. At any time, surprise emergency podcast. Yeah, and there might be a fun. whole like weekly show dedicated to it. So that <laughs> that, that could change some of this up. So this is kind of a, uh, a like a like a preliminary schedule that could be flipped. Yes, agreed. But that's where we're at for now. Dive into the offseason officially before we get into some player reviews. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're happy that your Colts, if you're a Colts fan, destroyed my Vikings. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.